I mean, who here has only one pair of shoes? <laughs> exactly, right? Or one pair of jewelry or something. And on different days, different outfits or different jewelry is required for the, um, let's say, best expression of your home flavor. Have you ever had that thing where you wear earrings and you really love them, but then on another day you put them on and they're not it? Right, so that's that is the that is an expression of the slight textures of flavors. Right, that you you have to be slightly different, adorned, based on internal circumstance. And so the more flavors you have, both in your wardrobe, in your jewelry, in your shoes, in your friends, you know, externally but internally, the more um, expression is available to you. Why is that good? Well, why not? meaning it's good to be at full capacity and have everything available, but it's also good from the relational standpoint because we can be different things at different times as it's appropriate. So for instance, um, what is appropriate sexually with a chosen partner might be different than what's appropriate with fun friends at Burning Man, uh, you know, or what's appropriate at a party with just your girlfriends. So the more we have available, the more variety and spice our life can have, sexually as well as non-sexually. So there's that. Behind our contractions and aversions typically lies a lot of energy. That's the thing, right? Because we, we, shut, we shut the door on something or we close it down that by its very nature takes a lot of energy because you have to clamp it down. And then when you release that, this unbelievable surge of energy comes out and up. Yes, excellent question. We've all been there or still are. <laughs> yes, or will be again. Um, yeah, so, so this is a really, really important conversation in the context of when you are in a functioning relationship, and I'm saying functioning as in you have determined that it's worth being in that relationship and that there isn't weird dynamics that are not conducive to, you know, well-being. So, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've made sure that there's not abuse patterns or unexamined codependencies, you know, and all of that. So I'll take that out of the equation simply because... There is a lot, you know, that can happen. But if you're in a functioning relationship and uh, everybody has needs, and like you said, you are, uh, he, he's the more essential, you are the more get it done, let's go, um, let's have a great time, you know, but, but get it done, right? So those are different styles of, like, sexual and erotic engagement. And so... Why this is such a good question is that on one end of the spectrum, we could say that anything you do with your body sexually that doesn't work for you is um, essentially like you were saying, you feel like a prostitute, right? You're, you're prostituting yourself for the love. Right? That would be a very, very extreme end of the spectrum and some people go that far right and then on the other end of the spectrum would be you'll do anything uh, that works for you and nothing that works for the other 
right? So that would be the other thing where you're completely uncompromising. You only do what you want to do when you want to do it and at no other time, regardless of what your partner wants. Those outer edges, of course, are horrible because if you make yourself do things sexually that you don't want to do, you are abusing yourself and then you don't even need your partner to abuse you, so to speak. It's, you know, you, you are the one selling out. And sometimes people do that because they're so afraid of being left or they think that's the way they need to be or they've received messages and all of that. And then, of course, on the other end, when you have all the perfect boundaries and you only do what you want to do when you want to do it, you essentially are not in a relationship with your, in your relationship, right? So these are the outer edges that are not workable. Um, now, of course, let's say the more sexual, emotional transgression trauma you have, uh, the more important it is to not make yourself do things that you don't want to do, right? That's, that, that we want to really say that, is that if you, if you have had, you know, things happen to you, and then you shouldn't do those things just to get love from your partner, right? So, clearly. Then on the other hand, of course, if you are only in for yourself, you don't need a partner. So, so these are the outer edges of, of the situation. In the middle is a playing ground where, like I said, if it's a healthy relationship, you have to consider a few things, which is different styles of sexual engagement are polarizing. So two people who are highly sensual and they want everything sensual all the time, they're going to have a great time, but it's like a bunch of people on MDMA. Right? It's going to be like, oh, oh, oh. Right? Like everybody's rubbing on everybody and it's amazing. But it's, it's resonant. It's all the same. And it has a sensual excitement, but it's not erotic. Right? But if two people are just going at it, you know, that's also not erotic. That's, you know, something else. Uh, you know, so and and that's combat sports essentially, right? Um, so so while that can be quite satisfying, two people who like combat sports and two people who like MDMA trips, somewhere there in the middle is one person bringing one to the relationship and the other one bringing the other, and that is what makes you want to have the erotic thing. But the reason in the work that we do, Steve and I, my teaching partner, who most of you haven't met yet, uh, is we call it erotic friction, which is a term from my lineage. Erotic friction is called erotic friction because it's actually not um, uh, like resonant, right? So what, and people go, yeah, I want to be in this tantric erotic. No, you don't because you're constantly going to fight, right? Because it is friction. The friction makes it hot, but it is friction. So in an erotic friction situation, you do want to have the engagement, but it doesn't feel like it's lining up. And which is, which is an interesting thing because you want it, but then it's not quite it. And there's a bit of complaint and a bit of making wrong sometimes, and all of that kind of stuff happens. But ultimately it's functioning in the sense that you both want to have sex.
just doesn't quite line up sometimes. So when you get to that place, which it sounds like you're at, uh, you have to understand that different styles is what makes it so. Meaning that's why you're still wanting to have sex. You know, <laughs> meaning it, it, it's still something that you want, but in later years, people sometimes lose that because they lose the friction. You know? And then they go, oh, the spark is gone, I gotta go. But that's part of the thing. So when you see that and there's different styles, the only way around that is the marker of long-term successful relationship, which is generosity. And what I mean by that is you have to go, I don't like it like that, but I like my husband, in, this, in your case, your husband, right? I like, your, I like my husband. I want to have sex with my husband. So I'm not actually overriding my need for not having sex Hence, I'm not actually violating myself. I want the sex. I just don't want to have the sex the way he wants the sex. Well, you want the sex and you want him to be happy. And that will mean that sometimes you give him something that's not your native place. But you don't do it out of duress or under duress or because that's what a good wife does. You do it out of generosity as a gift. And when you can go, I love this guy. He wants me to rub oil on him for 40 minutes before we have sex. He wants me to hum to him while, you know, I feed him strawberries. I don't like that shit, but I love him. And I want to have a good sex life. So where are the fucking strawberries? Let me dip them in some chocolate for him. Right? And then out of generosity, the same way that sometimes you go and eat at the restaurant that he loves that you don't love. And that way you don't um, diminish yourself or your, or your needs or your preferences, mm -hmm. but you enact the generosity that is what makes you want to be with the guy. Mm -hmm. And then in an ideal world, he goes, ah, I don't like just fucking her. Has no man ever said except yours? Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. There's lots of men. There's lots of men who want the sensual thing, right? But but you know, but but ever so often, I'm just gonna bend her over the kitchen table because she likes that, right? And then everybody gets their moment to have the thing that they want. And so there's nothing wrong in a good functioning relationship to say, look, sometimes we're going to do it the way you like it. And sometimes we're going to do it the way I like it. And today's your day, honey. Right? Or today's my day. And a lot of people I've worked with, they, have, they just they have a rhythm, right? Where certain things happen at certain times. And so if he comes home, he's really tired and he's in that mode. Um, you know, you can offer him something that's more sensual than what you would like. Mm -hmm. And then maybe another day, you are not in the mode for that, and he does the other thing. Mm -hmm. I would venture to guess, though. <laughs> this is just a wild guess. That one of the reasons you don't like doing that for him is that he has a button on it. Look, a dude who is a somatic therapist and goes to five rhythm is a cliche of the highest order. Mm -hmm. Meaning he's, 
he is invested in being the guy who has slow sensual sex and goes and dances, uh, you know, five rhythms. That's a type of man. But here's what's good about that type of man. He's probably, like you said, really chill, really embodied, really connected, really with you, um, super patient, weighs you down when you go, God knows where you go, right? <laughs> so he's a perfect match for you. He's a perfect match for you, but he's just a bit too involved in him being somatic for you to want to go there. Yeah, so then what you have to say to him is, look, you know, it feels a bit dogmatic. Um, there's, that's not the only way to go. It's your way to go. I'm a different human. The reason we have the relationship is with different people and we complement each other. So stop the fucking judgment and I will give you an oily blowjob. <laughs> well, but I'll do anything you want if you shut up. You gotta, you gotta tell him he's a smart guy. He's a therapist. If you say I can feel your judgment, I don't like it. It's what makes me not want to be generous and loving with you. You need to stop the shit, and then we can get going again, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It happens in every relationship. It's always somebody who thinks they're better than the other for a moment, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's exactly right. And so the, the same way that you go, I feel you know, that I'm better, you have a button on that too. And that's a completely normal thing. And so the generous part and the gift part is that you kind of suck up that mm, you have after you've spoken about it. You don't want, that would not be good if you go, oh, I just need to be loving and sensual and give it to him. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. You go, I don't like that shit when you are, when you are critiquing me, yeah. but I love you. So I'm happy to go there, but don't you fucking dare, you know, um, critiquing me afterwards. You know? And he'll get that, you know. But so that's how you play with it. And like I said, that's for functioning um, healthy relationships where that kind of standoff happens a lot. And the only way around that where you don't feel like you're compromised is if you give it as a gift but you also allow yourself to receive other things as gifts. Yeah. And then it, that's perfectly healthy and normal. You just have to sit him down, which I know you have no trouble doing. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs>